Good morning, church. Today we continue winning the war in your mind, week two, and um, we really want to cast all to him today in order that he would release all from you, all right? Because in this series, our goal is to have the mindset of Jesus, we have to have our mindset on Jesus. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that applies to every person in this room, applies to every person walking on the face of this earth, and that's anxiety and worry. Matter of fact, how many of you remember at all or watched the show in syndicate or maybe live, uh, that show Golden Girls? How many of you remember that? Yeah, right? And uh, some of you are going to be Googling and finding out where you can find it on YouTube after this. But I was reading an article that Betty White had, had done an interview in, and um, she was reminiscing on her days in Golden Girls. And she was telling about Estelle Getty, who was Sophia, right? And she said that Estelle Getty was deathly afraid of dying. Matter of fact, any time that the writers had talked about or made jokes of or had in the script something about her death, she would push back hard saying she didn't want to do it, she didn't want to have that in the show, and she would always threaten to just not even show up that week. She wanted nothing to do with it because she was afraid of it. It was a worry and anxiety that plagued her. To one degree or another, all of us have worry and anxiety in some way or another. And it came, it came very real for me personally about 15 years ago or so. And that was when Lori and I uh, got pregnant with our first child. And in those nine months of pregnancy, I just realized right away that I had a lot of worry. I had a lot of anxiety. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I just, now that I even look back at it, from Macy's and from Tessa, I, I don't enjoy the pregnancy experience at all. Like, it was really hard for me. And I know women right now, you're like, oh my gosh, right? Yeah, it must have been super hard for you. <laughs> but it really was. It was hard in this way, right? Because... Like, I was just constantly worried about how is the baby doing. And, you know, you, you kind of, in your mindset, you have all these things that you have markers that go, okay, this will be good. So, like, you get to week 12, and you're like, Whew, okay, we can start telling people. Like, we're out of the danger zone, they say, right? But, but then you start thinking about, well, how's the baby doing? And, and we had been given by a friend one of those, those at-home uh, Doppler things that you could hear the heartbeat. And so I was saying to Lori all the time, I was like, hey, I'd get up in the morning, I'd go, let's hear the heartbeat. And, and then I'd go at night, hey, let's hear the heartbeat before we go to bed. And, and Lori didn't know that it was actually I was doing that because I was like, I needed that to get out and to go through the day without worry. I needed that to go to bed with peace at night. And then you, then you just constantly, as, as the baby starts to move, like I would sit there and I would go, hey, is the baby moving? 
And you have, you know, women, you have the number of times you're supposed to be counting the kick counts and all the things. And I'd be like, did you get that? Did we have it? Where did it go? Or if Lori would be like, oh, I'd be like, are you okay? What's going on? Is everything all right? Let's get the heart thing. Right? And it was just exhausting for me. And also, I'm sure for Lori is like, she just would say, don't worry. Don't worry. Relax. Everything's fine. And, and then in my head, you just have this thinking where you're like, okay, once we get out of the nine months and the baby's born, everything will be okay. <laughs> like, no more worries. Right? We live in, a, I hate even using this word because I think if you're like me, we're just tired of this word and we kind of hope this word never gets used again, but, but it is a reality that we live in right now. But I think it's a reality we live in just as human beings all the time. We live, though, right now in a pandemic of panic. Like, like the amount of worry on us is huge. And I, I, don't, I don't ever want to, to say or to think that we are in an unprecedented time that nothing in human history has ever experienced. That, that's pretty um, egotistically naive, I believe, because there's nothing new under the sun. But we see from Jesus as he talks about this, because I think he knows that this is one of the tools of Satan to dissuade us, distract us, and divide us from God is through anxiousness and worry. Jesus addresses this in Matthew 6, 25 through 30. And, and again, as you see the word in a different color or, or bolder, I want you to say this word with me. Jesus says this to us. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by add a single hour to your life? And why do you about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? We're in a pandemic of panic right now. And the truth of the matter is we all got problems. There's problems in our lives we have problems in our marriage. We have problems in our parenting. We have problems in our work. We have problems in our daily commutes. We have problems in our leisure. We have problems in our sleep. We have problems. And I don't know about you, but even when I read this as a person who is a fully committed follower of Jesus, I look at that verse often and say, get real, Jesus. Because if you knew all my problems, what you're asking me to do is impossible. 
But yet, he asked. And not only asked, he told because he knows what release happens when we actually trust in his providence. When we give it all to him. And when we just rest. And there's a big difference. I think we confuse rest with relax. When we rest from our worries with Jesus. Speaking of people with problems, man, Elijah had some problems. Like this bro had 850 false prophets chasing after him, wanting to take him out. And, and he succeeded in destroying and killing all of them. And you would think that he'd be like, whew, yeah, I can do this. I've got this. 850 that were against me, that wanted me out, they're gone. God and I got this. We're good. Nothing can get over us. And then in 1 Kings 19, 1-5, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets. Now, this is where Jezebel, she's like, man, you don't got this. I got this now. And she's like, let a woman take care of this. I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to get rid of Elijah right now. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of those, the 850. So Elijah was afraid and ran from his life, for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came down to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that, I have had enough, Lord, he said. Here's what happens He is so afraid of dying by the hands of Jezebel that he says, Lord, because I'm afraid of dying by her, I'm afraid to die, so kill me right now. Like his solution, he now turns to a human solution that he has conjured up in his mind that is the best thing, and he says, Lord, the best thing for this to happen right now is that you would kill me rather than her. Let me die. And here's what happens, I think. A few things happen in our anxiety when we get anxious and when we start to worry. First, I think anxiety leads us to have irrational solutions and thoughts. We, with anxiety and worry, we start to think, okay, I don't know how to solve this, so let me think how to solve this. And we have these solutions that just don't make sense. That maybe we look at and we say, in a short term right now, this would be the best, but it's actually not. I think also what happens with anxiety, and this happened with Elijah as well, as he went off into the wilderness, I think we find ourselves having loneliness in this way. We say, no one else understands what I'm going through. We start to think, I'm the only one that has this. I'm the only one. So so concerned, so worried. I'm the only one that, that thinks about, is the baby moving? I'm the only one. 
that is going through this anxiousness. And we think it's just all on us. No one else can understand what I'm going through right now. And I think also what happens is we start to say I've had enough. And that's actually a good thing. Because I love what Craig Groeschel writes in page 165 of his book, Winning the War in Your Minds, when he says, when you've had enough, God is enough. When you've had enough, that's when God is enough. When we can say, I can't do this. It's exhausting to be in constant anxiety and worry. I can't wake up every day saying, is the heartbeat still there? And go to bed every night wondering, will I wake up with a baby still? And, and that's when we have to just say, I've got I've to give this to God. I've got to give it to him. He's got to be there. He's the only one that can take this from me. In 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12, the Lord answers Elijah's prayer, and the Lord said, Go out and stand, <clears throat> excuse me, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came... I think what happens is we're looking to give God our anxieties and our worries is that we, we look for the Lord in all these places, but we miss Him speaking to us and giving us His peace because anxiety causes so much noise within us. The noise of our anxiousness and our worry lead us to miss the whisper of God saying, Greg, I've got you. Greg, I'm here. Greg, I've got a better plan than you could even think of. Greg, I formed and fashioned you, and I love you. We miss the whispers because of the noise within us as we worry. And so then we, we, we can miss out on the actual gift of God that there is the present in His presence, the present of His presence with us, that He is there with us. He, he never is going to leave us. He's there in the middle of our anxiety and of our hurts and our heartaches. That's the present of His presence. So <clears throat> nine months went by, Macy was born. And we had to have a C-section, and um, it, it, was, it was awesome for me because there's Lori. She has, we have the baby. They pull out Macy, and uh, Lori's hands are, are tied down for the surgery and for all the medicine and everything to go in, and I'm sitting there at, at the head of Lori, and then they hand me our daughter, and I get to hold her first. And I was like, this is amazing. This is great. 
And as I'm holding her, I haven't told Lori I had all those feelings yet until today. But <clears throat> I was like, ooh. And, and you think, this is so good. And then a couple months later, we were at a routine <clears throat> checkup for Macy. And the doctor's doing all the tests and all the things. And then the doctor looks and says, um, Macy's pupils are different sizes. And we say, okay, uh, we've always, yeah, kind of noticed that. And she says, well, I want to send her in for a test just to make sure that everything's okay. And I said, well, what, what could it be? And she said, well, she said, about 10% of the population just has different sized pupils. She said, but it also could be a brain tumor. And so we want to do a test just to make sure what's going on. And man, my parent worry, because, because as I have this worry, I, I've started to realize it's, it's because I don't have control, meaning I, I have hopes and I have dreams for my children. And this anxiety comes from the reality that I, I don't even have influence of whether those hopes or dreams come true. I can try to do all the things, but at the end of the day, those hopes and dreams that I have for my children from whether or not they live to whatever they do or however they be, or even if they believe, are outside of me. And that's where that wealth of anxiety comes from for me. And, and so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this was another threat to the, the hopes and the dreams that I have. And so I have all these worries, and I have all these concerns. And it's like I'm at home, and I'm saying to Lori, what if it's this? And I Google it, even though they say don't Google it. And I did Google it. And I find out all these things that could happen that are even seemingly worse than a tumor and all this stuff. And I'm worrying, and I'm talking to Lori, and I'm saying each day, we need to be in prayer. And I'm praying about it, but I'm not releasing any of it. And we're going and going. And finally, Lori looks at me and says, Greg, stop. Let's just get through the test and see what there is before we start worrying about any of this. And I just couldn't. I couldn't. And so as they carted my daughter off who had some anesthesia to make sure that she wouldn't move in the machine, like I just was on pins and needles, a wreck inside, a wreck on the outside, and then as she came back, I said, what, what is it? What did they hear? Well, we can't tell you. You have to talk to your doctor. When are they going to call? They'll call you in a few days, right? And I'm like, why? Why isn't one there right now? Like doctors in the room, I don't know. We could be there now. But I'm like, come on. You know, and finally she calls and says, hey, we've done the test. Good news. Um, she's just one of the 10% that have different sized pupils. And it's like, the presence of God was always there, but I didn't recognize it to have the peace of God that I so much wanted. He always had it. And I wasn't, I was trying to fill my mind with other stuff. Martha and Mary were doing the same thing in Luke 10, 38 through 41. Jesus and his disciples are on their way, and he came to the village where the woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, you are, the Lord answered, you are worried 
and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. And, and so we oftentimes miss the peace that we're looking for because with our anxiety and our worry, we say, okay, I've got to do something. And so we start doing things. And we start thinking about things. We start problem solving. We do all these things. And so we actually miss out on the peace that could happen. Then we just rest in the presence of God with us. And so what happens is our anxiety actually pauses the peace that we want because we sit there and we're doing everything but actually coming to God and saying, you've got this. This is yours. I'm going to call to you and let you have it all. I'm going to cast it all to you to release all from me. And we fill, and we, we rightfully so, where we sit there and we, we do good things but we're doing them to bring peace and thinking, I've got control over this. I'll be able to tackle any situation. I've got plan A, plan B, plan C. I all the way have through plan Z. And if we get there, I know Greek, so we'll go into the Greek alphabet if we have to. Right? All of our plans, but God's saying, I've got the way. Find rest in me. Cast it to me. Psalm 145, 17 through 19. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. And it's going to be in his ways. He is faithful in all that he does. The Lord's near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. And he hears their cry and he saves you. And so we give it to him. So when we start to really see the work of God around us, it, it starts to build in us the ability to remind ourselves, yes, God, you've got this. Yes, God, you can do more than I can imagine. And I think that providence of God produces prayer. And I want to talk about prayer as we get there. Because I found myself <clears throat> really struggling, you know, then as, as Tessa was born and as we had to go through the same test for her pupils because they were different sizes too and it's our genetic thing, you know, but, but then even just as kids start to have other things coming up and parenting, I just had to say, I can't parent like this. I'm exhausting myself, I'm exhausting my wife, and I'm exhausting my kids. And, and I started to look and say, God, I've got to give this to you. I've got to live out what I preach. I've got to live out what you teach. And so I started saying, Lord, help me. Help me, show me the way to cast the anxieties I have over parenting and my children because it's never going to go away. And I'm sure maybe then it will become my grandchildren. And so I said, Lord, I, help me. I like what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6 or 7, and he pens this from a jail cell as well. As he says to us these words, do not be 
about anything. Notice that. He doesn't say, don't be anxious about the little things. He doesn't say, don't be anxious about certain things. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what? Present your request to God. And here's what you get. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we begin to deal with our anxiety and our worry? We begin with prayer. And I, I, wanna, I want us to have a moment now where we're going to pray together, but, but here's how we pray. Okay? And I want to teach you an acronym. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. Pray. So in our anxiety and worries, pray. Praise God, repent, ask, and yield. And what I want to do is have some moments right now where we do that. Psalm 146, 1 and 2 is where we can begin to praise God. And it says this, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. All my life, as long as I live. And here's what we do. First thing we do in the midst of our anxieties and worries, we praise God for His goodness, who He is, and we praise Him for the blessings around us. And what this does is it helps us see because we think our anxieties and our worries, they become all-consuming, but yet there's so much more that we can look around and see that God has praised for us. So right now, in your head, in your prayer, right now, I want you to praise God for something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your goodness covers me. Next, we repent. Now, repent means to physically turn away from and walk away. Do a 180-degree turn. Leave behind us what we are leaving there, and we are walking away because we know that's not good for us. Saul says this in 1 Samuel 9.5. Saul said to the servant who was with them, Come, let's go back. Or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying for us. Saul says, I don't want my dad to worry, so we're going to go back. He turns away from where they're going because he wants to go where it's better. Turn away from the anxiety right now that you're holding on and saying, I've got to deal with this. This worry is mine, and I'm the only one that can do it. And repent and leave that behind. So right now in your prayer, I want you to to pray about what are you leaving behind you? What are you turning away from so that you can stop worrying? Is it control? Is it a trauma? Is it a fear? Is it an irrational reality? Is it a bridge that was never built? Repent from that. Matthew 7, 7, we have an opportunity now to ask, and Jesus boldly says to you and to me right now, says these words, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask God for anything. Ask Him to take it away. Ask Him to provide. Ask Him to give you peace. Ask Him right now. And so right now in your prayer, I want you to ask God, 
Whatever it is, ask him to take it away. Ask him to handle it. Ask him to answer it. Ask him of anything. Don't be afraid. Don't say it's too much. Don't say God can't do it. Just ask. Seek. Find. And lastly, yield. And yields where we say, Lord, I can't do this. Only you can. And I will yield to what you will, which is better for me and for others than I can imagine. Because what you will do is better than what I think I need to have. And so in Mark 14, 36, Jesus yields. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And here's the thing. If it's big enough for you and I to worry about, it's big enough for us to pray about. And so give it to God through praise, asking, repent, or praise, repentance, asking, and yielding. Give it to Him. Because also, if it's on your mind, then it is on God's heart. And He wants to take that from you. Now, on your chairs is a God box. And I want to say this right now. I, I think this is a tool for us. It's a tool for me that I can give my anxieties and my worries to God in this God box. But I will also say this, that maybe, maybe there needs to be more. And maybe for your anxieties and your worries, there's someone you need to walk alongside to physically know that you're not alone, to walk through and to help you give more to God. And please don't see counseling as weakness, rather know that it is true wisdom. And that it is important, it is necessary, and it is God designed for us to know we are physically not alone. But what you're going to do with this God box is that paper next to you there, and papers from here on out, what you would do is you would write down an anxiety or worry. You'd write down and say, God, you've got this. Our family a few weeks ago, and for a little while, we had just another medical thing that was coming up. And... And I started saying, because I had read the book and read about this, I started saying, no, I need to give this to God. I need to yield this to Him. And so I, I metaphorically in my mind, gave this to God and put it into my God box. And I said, God, you're the only one that can handle this. I can't, I can't do it. And it, whatever the outcome is, we'll cross those bridges together that are real bridges, God, that you've prepared us for. Now, if you're also like me, there will be times where you start to worry again. And I had a few moments where I would start worrying again. And I had to actually then walk to the box and you take out your worry and you say, you know what, God? I actually don't think you're powerful enough to have this. Let me take it. I've got it from here. I got it, God. We laugh because we're like, that's ridiculous. But you know what? When we start worrying about things again that we've given to him, that's exactly what we're doing. We say, God, I've got this. You can't do this. When we do that, just put it back in the box. So here's what I want you to do today as we get ready to worship again. I want you to write down on this an anxiety or worry or concern. Something that you're just, you have. And maybe it's something very personal. Maybe it's something just like, I worry, if you've caught yourself saying, I worry about this next generation. 
That's a worry that you don't need to carry. Write it down. And when you have it, as we're worshiping, when you're ready to surrender to God, I want you while we're worshiping to just hold it up and say, God, this is yours. In the middle of that song, God, this is yours. And any time during that song, then I want you to walk over here and I want you to put it in this box. And then from this place, take this box home and put it wherever you find yourself worrying, the kitchen, your bedroom, the living room, wherever. And when you have a worry, write it down. Put it in a box and say, God, this is yours. And let him have his will and his way and give you his peace. Let's stand up right now and let's worship and praise our God and give him our worries because our God is the God who has given us victory of our worries through seeing the cross of his love for you and for me.